Welcome to Eurovision Song Context. It's a tour of taste, identity, and the ins and outs of ESC. It's Mega Episode 9. We're dropping early this month in anticipation of the big day. I'm Bradley Dalton Oates, and I'm joined today by Jerome and Robin. It's a German extravaganza. We've got Lena, Anne Sophie, Ralph Siegel, Stefan Rob. Max Mutzke, and Katie Epstein. We'll talk about our happy places in Eurovision, drag, Sir Taberiner, and voting superstitions. We'll then chat about some iconic submissions from this year, Eurovision 2023. The link's on the show page at eurovisionsongcontext.fireside.fm are full of amazing content. Check it out before listening to the episode. Welcome to the show, Jerome and Robin. So, Jerome is an uh, actor and a model, and Robin is a drag artist. So if you could both introduce yourselves a bit, that would be great. Maybe Jerome go first. Yeah, of course. Hi, happy to be here. Yeah, I'm Jerome. I'm 25 years old, and I live in Germany, uh, in Cologne especially, and... I'm much into acting and into arty and creative stuff of all hands. Both of our guests today are German, so buckle up for a German mega episode. It's really exciting. I'm so excited about what we've got today. Yes, watch us murder. Watch us murder the English grammar for one hour straight. Oh, we all know that that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) So I'm Robin Foster. I'm 27 years old. I'm a drag artist from the north of Germany, and I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. No, I'm so excited. And everyone looks... Fabulous. (laughs) Fabulous. <laughs> as, as, as good as Robin and Jerome sound, and they look amazing. Um, so there's that. And I, I should also mention, Thank you. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that um, Jerome has a Eurovision podcast of his own. So just before we continue, if everybody could um, plug. So Jerome, first, if you could plug your podcast and then Robin, if you could tell us where to find you. Um, yeah, I have my own podcast. It's not only a Eurovision podcast. It's uh, colorful and it's like everything that comes to my mind and I want to share and uh, with the world. I have one episode yet about my trip to Torino last year. My podcast is called... From Gessie to Allah, very German name. Fair enough. And Robin, tell us where we can find you on Instagram, please. You can find me on Instagram at the Robin Foster. Excellent. And soon to be on Twitter under the same name. Excellent. We'll link to you in the show notes and the uh, the episode description. Jerome, you've mentioned that you went to Turin last year. Um, I did as well. And that Robin, mm-hmm. this will be your first experience seeing Eurovision because um, you're going to Liverpool. So maybe Jerome, can yes. you tell me how you felt about Turin and then maybe Robin can speak to us about, um, you know, expectations for this year? Well, oh my gosh, it was, it was just a dream. It was like, I was planning 
to go there to Eurovision for almost 12 years, wow. I guess. When I started to watch Eurovision, I always wanted to be there and to see it in live. And um, then we first tried in 2020, <laughs> but we all know what happened. So this was very sad because we had all our tickets and everything. And then we had to cancel this trip because of COVID. Netherlands was near to Germany. That's the reason why we, we wanted to do this in this year. And then when it didn't work out, we said, okay, fuck off. <laughs> and no matter which country is the next um, host of Eurovision, we will go there. We will fly there and we will enjoy it. And we did it. What did you enjoy best about Eurovision touring? The most enjoyable thing is the show itself, but mm, not even that. It's the, I guess it's the, the togetherness of all those people from all around the world coming together at one place, loving music and celebrating time together. This was really heartwarming yeah for me. yeah that is um and it brings you a sense of humility i don't know it, it's um it's humbling in some way i think i found it anyway did you see a lot of the nightlife in turin um not that much because there were so many impressions for us all, all day it was our first eurovision mm. experience that we went that we uh, were very tired in the evening and i have to say I um, was a bit careful because I didn't want to get COVID right. through this <laughs> touring trip. It didn't work out. I got COVID after that. Did you get COVID in, <laughs> but, in Turin um, or in Germany? That's important. Exactly the night I went back, I, I woke up with oh, COVID. No. <laughs> worth it then? Worth it? Not worth it? You got COVID at Eurovision. Definitely worth it. Better than in any supermarket That's or right. stuff like that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, if you're gonna get COVID, get it at Eurovision. Fine. Um, Robin, what are you what's your what are your expectations for Liverpool? I mean it's a childhood dream to just be at the place that is actually happening. And um everything that you just say set again. Yeah? Everything that you just said gets me hyped even more to go on the streets in drag. My jewelry is bought. My credit card level is upped. I am ready to give <laughs> it a go and meet new people, meet new drags, maybe some drags from Liverpool and um, get in touch and have the best party and the best time in a while. I was in Liverpool before and I really, really liked the city, um, the, oh, what's it called? Eurovision Village. Port. Yeah, the port. Yeah, that is. The, yeah, yeah, the Eurovision Village that will be at the port. So I'm having high expectations to have a lovely time and interact with other fans that are just as bonkers as me about Eurovision. And I will be at the Eurofan Club for both semifinals because I didn't get tickets yet. And um, I will be at the cinema for a public viewing on the final. And I hope to get tickets to see the show as well um, for some rehearsals, as I would really like to be also in the 
arena to completely get the full package. Yeah, I think the artists, I think there's plenty of opportunities to see the artists kind of around, you know, um, I, I kind of am bummed out that in Turin, we didn't quite understand how, how many of the artists you can see kind of just singing at different venues throughout the week. So I think you've got a good chance there. I really hope, I hope to see Kaya from Finland. Yep. Of course, everybody hopes to see Loreen perform and sing in a Euro Village. I really hope this works. And they have a very special program throughout the week. And there's there's a night I'm very interested in. It's called Eurovision Meets Opera. Ooh. And I would really like to see that. Yes. Those two worlds combined, I think it can be very interesting. And um, other than that, I hope to see a few... Um, performances in the Euro Village as well. I think in... Maybe even from Israel. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty big. I feel like in some ways Eurovision is opera. Like I think uh, Croatia this year is... I mean, in rock opera, maybe it's like, I don't know, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show opera, but still, yeah. I mean, I can see that working. Mm. Oh, you're right. It's an anti-war opera. It's a part of an anti-war opera. For sure. Opera. For sure. Me. Yeah, for me, it is. It's opera. It's got opera. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, uh, we got a hotel in Turin last year and our the person that was in the next room, so we shared a balcony. Uh, fun fact, yes. German drag queen. Oh. So I'm just saying from my, from my very limited experience, you've got a very high chance of just like meeting a load of fun other people. Yes. And I really love to interact. I mean, it's been about damn time since the pandemic i would not say that it ended because it's still there but um since the numbers got lower i was actually not outside of germany so i'm looking forward as i am i like to meet with new people and interact with new people and i think this is an amazing opportunity to talk about eurovision about the thing that we all love and have a nice time Hopefully. I have noticed that the the boards, just like all the forums, are getting a bit catty at this time of year. But hopefully that will have... Uh, there have been some catty comments about Blanca. There have been some catty comments about Lorene. There have been the normal comments of like, if X singer doesn't win, I'll never watch Eurovision again. Or if, if, if whatever singer does win, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm never watching Eurovision again. So I think we're at that stage now. Yes, I'm not watching the comments. <laughs> I have my. But we have this every year. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you're right. It's part of the drama. <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Okay, so now is when I ask you both, um, what are your earliest memories of Eurovision? So, Jerome, did you watch with family and friends? Mm, it's always a bit different. When I started to watch it um, the first time, uh, Surprise, we won. Way! Uh, with Satellite and Lena. Yeah, this was a crazy first experience. And this was more like, for me, it was more by coincidence that I watched it. Um, and it was with my mom. And yeah, we we uh, been at home and watched it from that on. Eurovision came to Germany, so I was really hyped for Düsseldorf. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I guess 
from there on year for year my passion for eurovision grew and grew and grew few years later when i was a bit older i um, started um spending eurovision evenings more with friends not 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 just with my family and yeah a special moment was also in when the eurovision was in tel aviv in 2019, mm. uh, I was in Hamburg on the Reeperbahn show, um, where the German points come from oh, okay. every year. Not again since... I think since 2021. 2021, yeah. They need to yeah. cut the show. Yeah, yeah I, I, went, I went to the last show. It was really lucky me. <laughs> there in Hamburg and... In 2022, in who did you want to win in Turin? Oh, I was a bit bit fan of Serbia. Yeah, oh gosh, yeah, me yeah. too. <laughs> me too. We both. So we all of us. Yeah, but that's um, that's got opera vibes as well. Well, maybe not opera, but it's um, that's a certain kind of song. It had great lyrics. It had great. It did have great lyrics. It had amazing lyrics. Uh, Robin, how about you? Your earliest memories mem- memories of Eurovision. It was in the year 2003 where my grandfather told us as kids, my brother and myself, that we are going to watch a television program about music. And we all thought, oh, whatever. It's going to be some German folk music, like <laughs> always, as always. Nothing special, nothing in particular to get excited about. And then he opened the television. Mm-hmm. And there was this world full of excitement and authentic excitement as well. Everyone was cheering on. It looked like it looked like a big party, and um, everything was in English, which was also quite exciting. As I loved um, the language back then as well, I was allowed to watch this contest until Germany with Lou "Let's Get Happy" performed, and I mean it was just so crazy and daring and some performances were out of this world some performances were great fun and some were just brilliantly sung and then there was this one song that i fell in love with and it was from turkey it was set up erina with every way that i can i remember my grandfather turning the tv off after germany and asking me about my favorite and I said, Turkey will win. <laughs> and the next day, we were listening to the radio, eating breakfast, and I made everyone, seven-year-old me, made everyone shush at the table and said, I need to listen to this. And Turkey did win. And I like being correct about things. Mm. <laughs> I also love winning. So I got hooked ever since. And then I remember asking consistently about this contest about the name of it and when it's out again. I didn't know the pattern that it's coming out every year. I figured that out a year after when I watched an article or looked at an article. And then I remembered, ah, it's called the Eurovision Song Contest and it's back on. And I watched it ever since. Um, yeah, I think this is a good time to talk. You're going to, you're both going to have to correct me on my pronunciation because I've clearly been pronouncing uh, Finland's entry wrong now. Korea. I think it's called Kaya. 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 I would say Kaya. Oh. Finnish. 
finish, I'm saying, okay, so the two entries that you've just talked about, Serteb Erener, which I looked up this week and I um, experienced for the first time, um, I'd completely forgotten that Turkey won first place. This song kind of messed with my head, I think, the, the, state, the whole thing. Having just looked at it, I think she's way ahead of her time. She's super fierce. Um, she's got on like some millennial pink. I think this might've been like the first time that I could remember seeing that color pink, right? Just the kind of flesh color. And then she's kind of got some strips of fabric, like a, a like a maypole. I don't know. You, you've got to have yes. maypoles in Germany. Yeah. So I'm just going to go with that. She's like a human maypole, you know, like this pole that children wrap fabric around. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Woohoo. From Sweden as well, from the festive Sommerfest in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, by the way, what I'm learning about Germany, Robin, from you is that German television is filled with boring German folk music. Uh, That's that's what I got from the last... (laughs) Sorry, it did got better, it did got better, but as a child it was nothing exciting. Um, I mean, I played dress-up to it all the time, but I also did with Setup Arena. I had like my towels and the towels for my grandfather and I had it put in my trousers and then I tried to dance like her and sing my heart out like her. Yes. She's super fierce. She's super fierce. She, there's yes. like a rap that's like a big risk, I think. The staging, I think, was a bit of a risk. And her features are also, um, you know, like Lady Gaga says, I'm not classically beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think... Not that I feel that way. I mean, um, but she does have features, I think, Sertab Erener, who that are very good for um, stage. Like her, she's got exaggerated features and she's, I'm looking at her, I'm thinking, I want, I, I want to be that woman. Yes, and I want to be that drag. Yeah, fine. <laughs> and her voice is amazing. Just as a reminder, because then we're going to talk yes. about Lena or Lena, see, because that's where I am with my pronunciation right now. But um that year, so 2003, we will include this song in the show notes or in the description. So yes. Turkey came in first that year. Uh, second was Belgium. Third was Russia. And Norway, Sweden came in fourth and fifth. So well done, Turkey. Sertab Erner seems to have had a very good career. She did. She apparently recorded Private Emotion with Ricky Martin, which in 2003 must have been amazing. So just, you know, fun fact. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I didn't know that as well. I didn't know. But what I would like to add, if I can add something. Yeah, of course, yeah. What plays in part about this is the person, the commentator in Germany, who said, there's a video on about that as well, where he said in German that it's daring and it's fierce, as you said. Mm. And as a child, it's just... Ooh, it creates excitement. Also, he uh, commented on Conchita before she performed and said, close your eyes and you're welcomed into the world of Conchita. So what he does is he make great comments that create excitement and that you feel very welcome to this world of each artist. Sadly, he will stop after this Eurovision in Liverpool. But um, that's also what I wanted to add is this comment in the beginning about how daring this entry is just created so much entertainment and excitement and you think oh what you're getting and then Satab Erna came on stage the whole thing just made sense 
Yeah, yeah. Jerome, have you seen this? Have you seen Sertab Eriner's um, Every Every Way That I Can is the song that we're talking about? Yeah, I have to say I did my, uh, during the lockdowns in the pandemic, I did all my homework and watched all episodes of Eurovision since 1956. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because there was that free link. There was like a, it wasn't an official one. Eurovision made some of the old ones. It was like a weekly thing. You could watch a different Eurovision every week or something. Is that right? I never did it, but I heard about it. That's right. Is Sertab Eriner super memorable for you, Jerome? I guess when I saw the older episodes, I I don't know. It's I have to be honest. I didn't feel that connected yeah. to because I really feel the most connected to the ones I saw, especially live yeah. on this evening. Yeah. And... Um, the ones before, it was like a must for me to have seen all shows one time in my life because it's, I guess it's my job as a fan. <laughs> yeah, so I did that. Yeah, yeah, we've learned that Robin likes to be right and likes to win. And we've learned about you that you're a completist. Yeah, and you take your Eurovision fan duty really seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I find it tough to get into some of the really old Eurovisions. I mean, I got into Eurovision through Sanremo, which um, is still a thing where there's like an orchestra and it's a serious, like air quotes, serious thing. And you sit to watch it and like families sit in silence, like as if it were, I don't know, it's a serious event. So I find some of the Eurovisions when I watch the old ones, where people are like seated in an audience and there's no glitter and glow sticks. I find that a bit um, tough, tough going, <laughs> right? And um, I think 2003 is right on that border, right? It's right on the kind of the uh, transition, maybe. Um, I did watch Lena, though. Lena or Lena? Correct me now. Lena. Uh, so I did watch Lena, Satellite 2010. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's amazing. I completely forgot that that was a German song. What did you love about this, Jerome? Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, the same with me. Um, when I first heard the satellite song, it was, I did not know that it was the German song for Eurovision because satellite was hyped even before the Eurovision in Germany. It was a really big smashing hit. I didn't even believe that this is a German thing. So I was never really connected to German music. So this one was really from the first second, it was my favorite song a long time. I was really like shocked when I saw, oh my gosh, this is the German entry for your original on this evening. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is my favorite song. What? does that do on this stage? (laughs) How often has your favorite song won? Can I ask both of you? So, um, yeah, Robin has said that her, you know, she was like, Sir Tabaroner all the way, Turkey number one, number Mm -hmm. one. And then it happened. And you're saying that you watched Lena and you had the same feeling. You just had this feeling like, this is the song. This is the song that's going to win. Has that, how Mm. often has that happened to both of you? Because the answer for me is like nearly never. I'm also counting. 
only once. Oh. <laughs> only with And it Lena. was for your country, so that's because great. I'm not, I'm really, um, but I have to say, I'm not a big fan of doing this boring to be hyped about hyped songs. Uh, I'm not hyped into the bookies favorite and stuff like that. I I think it's really boring to do, do that. So I'm really going into uh, to have my own personal favorite. And then I'm going to be super hyped about that. Excellent. Agreed. Excellent. And Robin, how it's about you? the same. I agree with what Jerome said. I, um, I'm hyped about my own songs. And it happened from 2000. In the last 20 years, uh, probably five to six times that my winner won. Um, but I can also live with other people winning. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yes, because I have the music still. I mean, I think it's also to add on to what Jerome just said. It is your favorite. You're hyped about your favorite. And you will have this music even though the artist or artists doesn't win to answer your question shortly five to six times yeah that might be about my number as well oh but i can i can add something probably this year the second time my favorite oh. <laughs> is going to win we will see yeah excellent well i have to say about uh lena and satellite 2010 came in first mm -hmm. so it won for germany i don't think I'd ever seen this song staged. I think I'd heard it on the radio at some point. Um, but, you know, in doing the notes for this podcast, I took a look at it. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that this is from 2010 because the staging is so simple. She's just in black. She looks really vulnerable. Like she looks, you know, she must be trained amazingly well. Uh, she's a little bit, we say in English, knock-kneed. So her knees are pointing to each other and her feet are kind of pointed inward like she's nervous, right? She, she's, not, she's not like in a power pose where she looks like she's owning the stage. She looks a little bit nervous. I think that that might be just like part of her artistry. I, I mean, I think she's really professional. I love this song, but she looks a little bit vulnerable I think she has a better voice than this performance. And this is another woman that I mm -hmm. want to be. I definitely want to be her when I'm watching this. Yeah, that's great. The magic about Lena is that you came to this show from the big host in Germany, Stefan Raab, who did, uh, who was responsible for many good places we Germans did mm. at Eurovision. So a round of applause for that. <laughs> And um, she came from, I would say, you can say she came from no, nowhere because she was just pupils, is the right word? Pupil, yeah. Okay. Wait, and she was, she was doing her classes and uh, she never went into the music industry or she just sang for herself and not really much for an audience or stuff like that. So she really came from nowhere and was like a person you meet next door. And this was so different to see even in Germany. It went to a big hype, yeah. a big hype. Uh, it was a big hype around Lena even before the Eurovision. And she was 
in the bookmakers on place number one and two, I guess, with Safura from uh, Azerbaijan. Then she went on the stage, but she was only 18 years and two months ago, she was standing the first time on a TV stage. So it's really, incre really incredible and impressive. What yeah, that reminds me a bit of, of, of Sam Ryder, right? Who was like, you know, it's times have moved on. So he had a, what, a TikTok audience or a um, YouTube audience, but certainly not a professional singer. Yeah, I like, I like artists like that. And mm. to be fair, she, she is one of three entrants who have represented their country the next year, the, father, the year following they, their, their win. Um, mm -hmm. So she yeah. did Taken by a Stranger the year after that, which she looks like a completely different person in Taken by a Stranger. By that time, 12 months on, she looks um, like she's had a, an agent or some kind of person dealing with her image. She looks uh, edgier. And the song is edgier. And it's so exciting because... She didn't really change that much, but I don't want to go uh, too much into it. But our German national selection in uh, the year after was just to choose a song for Lena <laughs> for, to represent Germany in Düsseldorf. Even kinds of music she did, uh, which are in the genre of satellite and which are all those poppy songs and all those songs who fits her, but Taken by a Stranger was a one which was really showing something different, but not in a way, unauthentic way. Yeah. So when you see her appearance, I guess you would also say maybe it fits her and it's not like acting or stuff like that. It's her. It's a part of her too. Robin, do you think that there's a golden age of German Eurovision? I think I'm a bit too young for <laughs> the golden age of Euro Eurovision because I think it was in the at the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, I guess. German, German and, Eurovision, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As Jerome, I also started to watch the old Eurovisions back, but I stopped in... 74, I guess. Right, okay. So, <laughs> so ABBA really won, ABBA won, and then you stopped yes. watching. Okay, fine. <laughs> Once you reach perfection, uh, no. Uh, um, to be honest, I think it was with Katja Epstein, mm. who participated, I think, two to three times. I don't know. I think three. Yeah. And um, she really had amazing songs that I also had had to and wanted to at the end listen to um, because of my grandparents Aww. and I think that I would describe as the golden times because also Nicole won and I think after her win it all fizzled into nothing if I remember correctly so I think it was the start of the 80s right yes. mm -hmm. I would really say the Stefan Raab era <laughs> yes because he helped um, every single time he was into the process of finding a participant for Germany. Germany did a good result at Eurovision. So can so, you explain who this, and this, who this person an, is? Are they a producer? I don't know a ton about German. Stefan Rapp is a German, is a German okay. entertainer. 
was a terminal. He not that uh, that he died or something like that, but he is um, only working behind the cameras mm. now. Mm. And uh, since two thousand and fifteen, I guess, yeah. And in nineteen ninety eight, he did his first step into Eurovision with um, Gildo Horn, Gildo hat euch lieb. Um, in 1998 in Birmingham and he wrote this song 2000 in Stockholm he uh, partic participated by himself and uh, made I don't know the fifth fifth place mm. yeah and then he started to uh, find uh, people who represent our country. So in 2004, for the Eurovision in Turkey, he found Max Mutzke, or he nice. discovered Max Mutzke, and uh, wrote the song for him, Can't Wait Until Tonight. This was the, I guess we did in the eighth, eighth place. Yeah. And then Lena... Lena and a bit, he was in the pre-selection, he was part of the pre-selection uh, for Baku as well, not as, um, not as main character, but um, he was also into it. Uh, when we uh, sent Roman Loeb to Baku. Mm. And this was also... All entries from him or produced by him of everything that uh, brought Germany a top, top 10 place. And I think there you have your golden ages of Eurovision, right? It was the 80s and then Stefan Raab. The 80s and then Stefan Raab. Yeah, he, yeah, Ralf Siegel and Stefan Raab. Ralf Siegel and Stefan Raab, right, yes. Oh, good. Well, there'll be links to all of these things in the show notes. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that their golden age is in the 80s, do they? I, um, how do you both feel <laughs> you both feel about the last five years of German Eurovision? Or the last, maybe let's not make it that specific. You know, the most recent Eurovision entries. So that's last year. There was Gendrick the, the year before. Um, I can't remember. There was Sister, I think, the year before um, COVID. And I think I'm missing someone in there. But how do you how do you feel about the more recent entries? I think the great or one great character trait that you need to have as a German Eurovision fan is being happy for others, <laughs> being happy for other countries, rooting for other countries and the ability to get excited about every other country other than Germany. <laughs> I think this is put to test in the last five years. No, not five years. I don't want to... Oh, my God, no. Um, 2018 with... You made this place a home? No, no, no. Schulte, yeah. Michael Schulte. Schulte. Um, but after that, really nothing worth mentioning. But I am really, really excited about Lord of the Lost. I am really excited about us bringing something memorable to this place, whatever happens with it. But I am, for once in years, I'm very happy with who will represent 
Germany at Eurovision. Have you seen the picture of them with uh, with Prince Charles? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's it's positively delightful. I, I like the world needs more yes. of that. Hopefully, with him f- speaking fluent German, because I was unaware that he's a German speaker. Hope- hopefully, with him speaking fluent German, you know, just to build bridges. There was also Imotzi, but anyway, um, Jerome, what are you thinking? <laughs> First of all, I'm every year pro German song. Yeah. This is this is my oh I don't know the word my Einstellung. This is my uh, oh god your 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 cross to bear <laughs> ah. your cross to bear your uh... no 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 the inner he talks about the inner. Something he thinks deep down inside. Okay. I always say Eurovision is for me a bit like a world championship in football, but just the music. And um, at first I'm from my country. Yeah. So always I stand, my back is behind my country. It was a bit hard for me to um, live with uh, 2021. Which one was that? That was, <laughs> that was Gendrick. Yeah, that was I Don't Feel Hate. <laughs> yeah. It was not really music for me in oh, first. No, the um, hardest thing that anyone can say about a Eurovision entry, it's not really music. That <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, that's like yeah. That's a Eurovision fan being polite. I think the the singer of Lord of the Lost said recently there are no bad songs. They just don't match your taste. And I think when I say there are bad, I mean this. It just just doesn't match my taste. And um, I had a lot of songs, or we had a lot of songs in Germany that just didn't match my taste. And I think um, if a song is to me boring, or like I don't like the mid mid tempo numbers, and we had plenty of mid tempo numbers in the past ten mm. years. I find it very difficult to, how can you stage that? How can you up that? I mean, it's difficult. Also, we had, um, you were talking about Taken by a Stranger from Lena and the difference it made. The staging, the choreography mm. was made from Nikita Thompson, who also danced oh, in the number. Yes. Mm. yes, she also danced in a number. And um, somehow we don't have those people involved anymore because I think Nikita can do great choreographies and um, would make a great difference to our staging. And I think in recent years, we just didn't thought about the staging and we went with mid-tempo instead of being a ballad or an up-tempo. I don't mean it needs to be because there are a lot of people that enjoy mid-tempo music it's just doesn't match my taste. And um, yes. Yeah, I do somehow wonder if there's a calculation that, you know, whoever makes these decisions, I, I wonder if there's a calculation where like a mid-tempo song will do well on the radio or may do well on the radio. It may not win Eurovision, but it'll it'll do well maybe afterwards. Um, so I guess for me, Snap is the obvious, you know, it's like a nice pop song and it's, sold like crazy like it's done so well uh i think a lot of like the last year last year's german entry that guy was so nice just so nice the song was like pleasant um what was it i forgot it's the guy on the rug they had the most complicated (laughs) staging like we saw that song live mali caris okay sorry it was um, yes. Go on. Yeah, fine. It was yeah, some kind of well. Anyway, 
yeah, it was it was it was it was nice. He was very earnest. Uh, the staging didn't do anything for it and took a ton of time to step up uh, to set up. But I, I think that song might have done okay, maybe on the radio. I don't know. I also didn't hate Gendrick. I really liked that song the first time I heard it, and then I heard it. I don't feel hate. I, just feel I heard so... it the second time and then it really annoyed me. It was really strange, that song, because I was like, oh, this is all right. And then the second time I heard it, I was like, no, I can't listen to this again. And I do wonder if maybe he'd picked a, like a guitar instead of a ukulele. And I, I do, I have spent an inordinate amount of time thinking about whether that song was savable ever. There's this amazing German artist called Sophie. Black Smoke, 2015. Yes. She got Nul Point, and I literally oh, I don't understand her. how. Oh my gosh, I love this song. How did that happen? And um, Robin has introduced me to another artist called Ivy Quanu, who we will put in the show notes. Ivy Quano. Ivy Quano. She's amazing. So... I could not find her cover of Black Smoke, but um, I, if, if Germany would like to nominate her for Eurovision, I would not have any... Uh, I would not have any qualms about that. But talk to us about Sophie, Black Smoke, a song that seems to me undeservedly got Nul Point in 2015. 27th in the final out of 27. How did that happen? I mean, this one I watched with my family and we were rooting for her. And um, I wasn't rooting for her up until the night. So I have the tendency to forget about the song. <laughs> um, but it was very nice. It was this Bond theme. And we could not really i don't know why she got zero points what i've heard is she was close to getting points in multiple countries but somehow didn't make the cut um for at least getting one point um she deserved what one i point. talked about she deserved more but but um, the demo version that ivy quano recorded it was a bit more electronic and it had a darker tone to it and not the jazzy tone and i really found that instantly more appealing but that's also my music taste so um i don't know if that has something to deal with it and a fun fact ivy quano did participate in the pre-selection in 2018 18. when uh, yeah. michael schulte won and she made i think the third or fourth place with house on fire she was my fave. And I hope that she will actually participate again because she's the winner of The Voice. Um, and now, Anne-Sophie Anne participated at The Voice in 2021. And she got her redemption moment on German television because she made the finals and she sang hallelujah. Oh, no, no, no. Hallelujah <laughs> in such a brilliant way <laughs> and just showed everyone that she is one of the greatest voices that we have. But I think maybe the song again was mid-tempo that could also play into it. And um, in 2015, there were a lot of mid-tempos at Eurovision and a lot of ballads. Mm -hmm. So it maybe floated into this. Um, they were only, I think... Latvia with Love Injected that kind of stood out oh, as a ballad. I love 2015. Yes. Um, I think that stood out as a ballad, but it needed more of a standout, I guess.
Hey, Eurovision Song Context listeners. For technical reasons, we've had to split this episode into two. Carry on to the next one to continue listening to my conversation with Jerome and Robin. (laughs) 